You're listening inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum. Robert Hollis the third is with me here. Yep. Is the, the third. Are you the third? No. It's just one Rob Hollis. Yeah. Is, is one. But enough? my dad, my dad is so I'm Robert Gregory. My dad is Gregory Robert. So Do you think he sat there smoking a joint going, I got this idea. I'm Gregory Robert, but my son will be Robert Gregory. Uh, if you knew my dad, that's definitely not. He doesn't smoke? Does he snort no. Ritalin? No. He what does, does he do? None of those things. Um, I, he's just a nice guy, a nice old man. Yeah. My dad's a grumpy old guy. How old your dad? Um, he was born in 45, so he's in his 70s. 65, 74. 74. Holy crap. How, many, how old are you? You're 29? 30. Yeah, but I'm 16 years older than you, and my dad is... 10 years younger than your dad yeah my dad what the hell this older. explains a lot i think when older guys have kids their kids are like what i've known is from friends that have dads that are older when they had them later they're just uh methodical maybe maybe i don't know what the word is guys help me out with that word hey thanks for subscribing continue to subscribe and tell your friends tell your friends rob listen listen to rob for, for a change rob tell him what to do yeah michael doesn't listen so tell your friends to subscribe so michael can keep making this show because he wants to quit you keep saying I want to quit. It's not that I want. I don't want to quit. I'm going to keep going with the show. But you know, if you guys could tell five other people, because I think we're bringing in pretty good guests, pretty great mm-hmm. guests, and they're interesting conversations. And I think people who do listen love it. And I thank you guys dearly for that. But you know, we'd like uh, we'd love to get more listeners. And uh, if you could do that, help. You know, at work, you say, hey, grab their phone, subscribe. Great podcast yeah, today. Steal, steal. Five people's phones. phones yes. And subscribe for Michael. Exactly. That would really help and write a review. I really love you guys. Thank you. Today, Chris Sullivan from This Is Us, The Tick. Um, He's the voice of the Hump Day Camel. Hump Day! Hey, guess what today is? It's not. Uh, no, it's Thursday. Yeah, he does the voice of the Hump Camel. Um, he's been in tons of stuff. And uh, we were in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 together. He had a bigger part. And uh, we became friends, had him on the podcast. And uh, he's he's just a wonderful human being. I really think you're going to dig this because talk about a genuine guy with a lot of cool stories, married. I look up to this dude. He, he kind of keeps me grounded. Let's get inside Chris Sullivan. It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. When I was outside, I actually opened the garage door and I took off on my scooter. And that's when I saw you racing up the the hill and you have like sort of a cop car. Three minutes before podcast time and you're not preparing, you're you're zipping around the neighborhood <laughs> on, on the your scooter. On your Honda Fat Scooter. No, it's a fat scooter. They're badass and they gave it to me free. And F-A-T? I love this. Yeah, F P H A T. P H A T. I love this thing. Fat scooters. It did look like a really cool scooter, right? Maybe you can get one. They'd I don't love know. to give I don't you a free scooter. Fat. If if I I live I live by the beach, and I need a, a little something to Dude, it's z- got zip around it. Mode. It's got like uh, see. I mean, look, it's not even an expensive one, but they gave it to me for free. I mean, this is a great little scooter. But anyway, Hold I'll on, get me, you one. Oh, by the way, thank you for allowing me to be inside of you, Chris Sullivan. It's uh, is my great pleasure. This is a treat. Where do where do we meet? Where do we first meet? I think you know, that's easy. I mean, do we first meet on set? I think we met in Atlanta on Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yeah, yeah. And you in, were dressed up as uh, Taserface. Taserface. You didn't meet me in person, in, in my own flesh. Right, I didn't know we what you looked had, like. Had dinner. Is uh, that true? I think so. I think that was the first time we met. Dinner, we had of, dinner. James Gunn took us all out to dinner in Atlanta. Yeah, I had to go back to set on my day off just to introduce myself to people. 
out of makeup because I would arrive at 5.30 in the morning. So no one knew what you looked like? No, not at all. How many hours were you in makeup? I know that's a question you've asked all the time. Not, but not, not, not. Uh, my makeup was not so bad because it was just my head. It started at like three and a half hours, and they got it down by the time we were done to like two and a half hours. That's still a lot. That's about what I had when I had to shave my head. Could yeah. you believe just shaving your head and putting three layers of makeup took them two hours in the first couple of years to figure that out? But why three layers? Because you weren't supposed to see a hairline on Lex Luthor. Right, 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 right. right. But anyway, Blends so how, how many how many months were you on Guardians of the Galaxy? Uh, like a month. That's it. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of the old in and out. Like eighteen. The yeah, a bit of the old in and out. Yeah. Um, I think I went into makeup eighteen times. Uh, that's not that bad. So eighteen no. times three is uh, you know, roughly fifty hours of makeup. Yeah, not, not so bad. bad. Not yeah. so bad. Karen Gillan was getting picked up at her hotel at one o'clock in the morning. Yeah, she's a good spirit, man. She mm-hmm. goes with the flow. Yeah, she's young though. I think that's what happens when you're young. You kind of go with it and well paid. Well. More, paid high, high, more than you. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm assume, only assuming she's yeah. a main character. It seems like a, a taser face character. You probably you just were excited to be a part of that, and they probably didn't offer you a lot of money for it. That's correct. They probably said, hey, if you want to play this role in a huge movie, yeah. you'll probably get more in residuals than you will getting paid. Correct. Yeah. We're going to pay you, not scale, but maybe 10000 a week. We're, gonna, we're going <laughs> to give you the opportunity to hang out with these people and maybe yeah. have dinner with Michael Rosenbaum. Oh, and that happened. And I was like, I'm in. Yeah. I appreciate that. But we, we kind of hit it off. You were just a, a nice guy. We had some laughs at dinner. But we yeah. didn't really – I didn't know that we would uh, then be uh, a couple of months, maybe a year down the road, finally sitting down yeah. and having lunch together. Yeah. Which was enormous for me because you, know, you meet a lot of people, but then you, you there's a few that you just that resonate, just like, hey, I can actually hang out with this guy. Yeah, this I, guy rolls up in a cop car. <laughs> you know, he's uh, we riff in the same rhythm. We riff. I think you're smarter than me. Well, I don't know about that. Yeah, I think you're a bright guy. What I don't smart, think I'm an idiot. What, do you, I am what, an, what does smart mean to you? Uh, well, you're not only quick and witty, which is a sense of um, intelligence, but I think you're actually gen- you're a thinker. Yeah, I think you are too. I think that's why. I, I don't know. I, I here's what I, I think. I think certain things, and then you'll say something, and I'll go, "Oh yeah, I, I agree with that." Though I'm going to change what I thought. I think maybe that's maturity. Maybe that's being like, "Hey, I'm wrong." I think it's less about being a thinking person, and 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 I've and this is new for me. Like I have thinking, like, yeah, yes, oh, in wow. the past in the past few years, okay, um, becoming less of a uh, a person with ideas and more of a person with questions. I try to be more curious. Who am I? What am I? No, who Who are are you? you? Who are you? Yes, yes, yes. Well, maybe we can get inside each other today. I hope so. I'm excited about this. Um, So we met, and you know, one of the things that struck me as not only being kind and supportive, like in the industry, it's always nice when someone says a comment unsolicited online about uh, another person. When they're like, for instance, you said, I love your podcast. Mm -hmm. This is one of my favorite podcasts. Mm -hmm. I didn't ask you to say that. No. I didn't ask you to listen to it. You just said it, and it was a picture of me on your Twitter feed, mm-hmm. which is at uh, Sullivan Grams. Sullivan Grams. Yeah. That's not like Heather Graham. It's G R A M S. Yeah, that's right. Yes, yes. Yeah. I was taken aback. I was. I thought that was sweet, and it made me feel like I'm doing something right when someone you respect, someone who's a working actor, or someone who's talented as you, to say, "Hey, I like what you're doing." That, that made me feel good. I'm glad. I'm glad it made you feel feel nice. Um, I think. You made me feel nice, and I wanted to share that with uh, with anyone who would listen. I think there's a lot of people around us who are being creative, and when they're doing that, it's nice to to give that creativity a friendly ear. Tell me why. Because tell uh, me why you like. You want to get deep inside me real quick? I think that. Uh, <laughs> what was uh, it that you were listening? Yes, yeah, said that. Oh, you know what? This is. 
Well, on, on, a, on a grander scale, I think that creativity for me is where we are all connected. I believe that that is, for lack of a, a, a more common term, the God energy lives. Right. And when we are creating, we are connected. And the best way to connect with, with a person uh, is, is on their creative level and to offer them your creative self. And so if you got a podcast, if you got music, I want to hear it and, and to, see, uh, to see what you're all about. Yeah. Yeah, and here you are. And here we are, and now I'm in your basement. Yeah, which is uh, is nice. Yeah. You're here with Rob. So far, you haven't heard anything great about Rob, but he is great. I mean, I've listened to all the all of the uh, the podcast episodes. You've listened to all of them? Well, that's not true. That's I shouldn't all. say all. I mean... Which is the, your favorite so far? Dax was a, was Dax a really was good, a good one. one. Yeah. Yeah, he got a lot of a lot of hits, a lot of downloads on that one. Yeah. yeah. He's, a, he's a fascinating guy. I yeah. like him very much. Yeah, he's a good dude. Yeah. Rob, he also does Dax's podcast on the side. I've heard... Yeah, heard you heard that from me. I don't listen to Dax's podcast, but I oh, like good, Dax very good, much. Good, I appreciate that. I only that. listen to this one. No, really? That's nice. You listen to others. I mean. So let me ask you something. You seem like, you know, we talked briefly about this, but growing up, you you didn't have, you were in a dark place for a while in your life. Sure. I mean, you've had those. Sure. But let's rewind. I mean, did you have a good upbringing? Oh, you? totally, totally. I, I grew up in uh, in Northern California in Sacramento. Um, I was born down here. I was born in, in uh, Palm Springs in the desert. Really? In Indio. Were your, your was your family valley. well uh, well off? We never. I I don't think I ever wanted for anything. Um, we were middle class, right. middle upper class. Um, my dad was uh, working for the city of Desert uh, Hot Springs as a city planner, then worked as a home builder, and we moved to Sacramento in 1986, and I lived up there. Uh, public schools until right. high school, where I went to Jesuit high school. Um, were you religious? Uh, uh, we, I grew up Methodist. Well, I get confused by all these things like Jesuit, Methodist. What is it? I mean, I don't want you to talk about religion too long here. No, Jesuit. The Jesuits are, are probably the most progressive and liberal sect uh, of the, if sect is the, even the right word, uh, of uh, the Catholic Church. Right. The current pope is a Jesuit. Right. Um, they, they have dedicated their lives to education. And do you still do that? Do you still practice that in a way? Or do you just have a respect for it? I have a respect for it. I, I ended up going to a Jesuit college as well. I went to Loyola Marymount here. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, and Methodist, the Methodist Church is a Protestant sect of Christianity that is also very liberal. Um, a lot of uh, our, our, the congregation I grew up in was very small, uh, very diverse through race, sexuality. I believe one of our, one of our uh, uh, ministers was was gay at one point, which, you know, in the... In the nineties, I mean, too, a, before the nineties, any before, I mean, it, it was always difficult. I Still, mean, as a kid, I did, I guess I didn't even realize there was anything uh, out of the ordinary about it because it was just right. our church. But, uh, but so your parents were pretty liberal. So they taught you uh, sort of like respect everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It was a pretty, it was a, it was a pretty well-rounded um, and active uh, child. And they were good role models. Your yeah. Mom and dad. Yeah. Very much. Brothers and sisters. I have a younger brother who lives here in Los Angeles. You guys close? Well. Uh, yeah, we don't hang out too terribly much, but... Uh... My brother and I, my brother lives here, mm -hmm. and we don't hang out a lot. Right. We just opened a restaurant uh, with some friends called The Rye Fox, which I have to plug on yeah. Beverly, which is dope, great food, great atmosphere. Check that shit out, folks. Okay. I come by a lot. We could talk. The Rye Fox. The Rye Fox. It's, it's badass. The so Rye Fox. Ask for my brother, Eric. Say hello. Don't harass him. Or you can. 
Um, but, you know, I love him. I do anything for him. He worked on the movie I directed. He's, I'm there for him. I, but I don't see him a lot, and he's right around the corner. Sure. Is, is that similar to you? Yeah, it's very, it's very similar. We, we, he owns a bar, your brother? He owns a bar <laughs> called The Guy Fox. <laughs> the Guy Fox. Um, we, have, we have two different circles of friends, even though... Even though, you know, a decade ago they were the same circle, but I moved off to Chicago and New York and right. kind of uh, uh, our lives just kind of took us in two separate directions. And, and like you said, I would do absolutely anything for him. We are there for each other when we need each other, but it's not it's not like a daily check-in. A lot of people have that type of relationship with, with family members and, yeah. and for whatever reason. I don't know. I don't know what that is. What is that? I, I don't know. I think there's that, you know, I think here's what I'm, I, I probably, I feel like you're just two different people mm-hmm. because look, Rob and I are two different people, obviously. Yeah. We're you not know. one person. No, he's, he's 29. No. He's got a kid. He's got a wife. You know, we don't hang out all the time, but we like softball. So occasionally we have softball. Plus we work together. So it's a different thing. Right. But we're two different people. My brother and I are two different people. He's, right. you know, he likes to booze a little bit. He likes to party down. I don't know. Maybe I'm boring. Are you boring? Are you more boring than maybe? <laughs> no, is I your think, brother a partier? I think there's there's my brother's not. Uh, I used to be, and now I'm not. I've quieted down as the as the senior years have approached. There's an intention that goes into into relationships, and there are the people who you who you are around. It's easy with friendships to realize, like, oh, this was a friendship of convenience, or or of even better word, a, a friendship of proximity. We were around each other for however long, whether it was school or otherwise. But when we are taken out of proximity of one another, right. how much do we come back to each other yeah. uh, uh, willingly? And it, it takes energy. It takes effort. It takes it takes uh, a certain level of consciousness to be like, where do I want to spend my energies? Where do Who do I want to invest in? I don't, you don't do it for this reason, but who is also uh, investing back? This is a great conversation piece this is to me this is kind of like you hit something here which we don't talk about but i also just when you were talking i felt like wow i nailed it i know why my brother and i don't hang out now i know the answer say it i really feel like he thinks i'm boring i i think that when we hang out you know he'll hang out he'll go i'll get all my friends together and we'll go uh, to six flags for my birthday we'll have Uh the olive garden every every year yeah same time I'll, have, I'll organize softball games. I'll have Thanksgiving. I'll have like events. I'll have movie nights. Sure. And my brother's like, it bores him. He's like, you know, I want to go out to a bar. I want to hit it with my friends. I want to go to a dead concert. I want to go to a fish concert. I want to get drunk. I want to party. And so you have different interests. And you're boring. I think he's like, I don't think he's boring. I wish that he would just enjoy the world I live in where I don't party a lot. Right. And I think maybe there's part of me that feels like he thinks I judge him a little bit. Mm. And that's not entirely wrong. It's not that I judge him. I just don't want to be around him when he's drunk. I love him. I think he's a brilliant, beautiful human being, a heart of gold. I learn a lot from him. But I think that he feels like, you know, if he has a couple more beers and he gets drunk, I don't like seeing him like that. Do you guys, have you talked about that? We've had that in the past. I don't, it's been so long since I've seen him sort of like that. So I'm sure he still, you know, gets, so I I worry about him and I don't want to worry about him. Like I, I, my problem is in life is I worry about people. Younger brother? Younger brother. He's six years younger, but I worry about people. I worry about my mom. I worry about my dog too much. I worry about things that haven't happened. Mm -hmm. I'm working on that. And do you think people pick up on that? Do you think they can feel you worrying about them? Well, or they can and, feel and like the, I'm inadvertently judging and, and, them. Well, the worry comes across as, Judge, as, 
as uncertainty as to this person's choices or uncertainty as to this person's yeah, path. Yes. And you know what I do? I was talking to this girl recently and we were no. just talking on, we were just talking on the phone. No. And uh she's like, Yeah, this is I'm just I'm on my fourth glass of champagne. And I hadn't even been on a date with her. We were just talking. I was like, Oh, cool. Cool. Do you and then immediately in my brain I go, um, do you, so are you a big drinker? Um uh, you know, and then I'm like, oh, shit. She's yeah. a good drinker. I don't want to deal yeah. with that. Yeah. Well, I drink. I like to have a glass of wine or two a night, yeah. you know, before I, you know, and I'm like, oh, that sounds like an alcoholic. You know, and <laughs> I'm starting to think, I'm starting to judge. But here's the thing. I'm not judging. I'm just going, do I want to go out with someone who drinks a lot? Sure. So I'm starting, do I, I'm it, gauging. Is, is, is this wrong? It, no. Is the, is, the, is the desire to sit at home alone and drink four glasses of champagne... Does that indicate the other types of choices that a person makes in their life? Yes. I mean, maybe. I mean, yeah. maybe. Maybe. <laughs> well, I don't does. do that. I, I might take a puff off a joint. Hey. I might have a beer. Hey. But I'm not going to lose control, and I don't need to do it every night. Again, it's 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 only a problem if it if it makes your life unmanageable. Well, you're someone I could take advice from because I think a lot of people out there could take advice because you don't drink anymore, do you? No. You don't no, do drugs stop, anymore. Nope. Stop. Stopped all that uh, two and a half years ago. When did that start? What do you mean? When did the drinking and all that oh, start? Oh, uh, late. I mean, quote unquote, late for me, probably when I was about 19, 20. So right out of high school, you were good. You were good in, through grade school. Yeah, I was an school. athlete. I was an athlete. Um, Football? Uh, tennis. Are you effing kidding me? Yeah. Can you believe that? Uh, I played varsity tennis one year before i quit to play some hockey yeah i played i, I went to loyola marymount on a scholarship for tennis yeah can we play tennis of course i'm we about can. to join the tennis club up there of course don't we think can. i'm like a little hoity-toity actor guy i'm just i like tennis i don't own a pool i don't think it's anybody believes that you're hoity-toity well i don't want him to think of oh look he's joining a tennis club who's who's uh at the tennis club who is it dan fogelbergo there <laughs> you guys don't even know dan fogelberg fuck but you know, you know Dan Fogelberg, right? The, yes. The leader of the band is tied and his eyes and the, growing old. And a lot of people confuse him with Dan Fogelman. Who's Dan Fogelman? Who's the, who's the runner of my show. <laughs> I know. I people know. will frequently yes. frequently be like, oh, like Dan, Dan Fogelberg. Fogelberg. Oh, my God. You do music and no, TV. Yeah. yeah. He does a lot. Fogelman's done a ton of shit. <laughs> uh, but but uh, yeah, so, so I, I, played, I played tennis all through my youth and then had... Had my schedule at freshman year of college was tennis practice, five to eight, eight a.m. to noon classes, uh, back to tennis practice in the afternoon, uh, dinner, and then I was a theater major, and so all theater rehearsals are in the evening. Wait, wait, wait! Did you have any time to sleep? No, and so I would go to theater rehearsal from seven to ten, eleven, midnight, and then would crash. I'm getting anxiety. Yeah. Well, I had an I had a bit of a nervous breakdown about halfway through freshman year, and was like, I got to pick one of these things, and you know, professional actor, professional athlete. Could you have gone to play? Uh, I could have gone. I could. I mean, you're a big dude. I could have if I if I had if I had stayed healthy and if I had committed, I could have played professionally. I, I could have played on a tour. I wouldn't have been anything that of of note, and I probably would have enjoyed coaching, but. I can't wait to smack some balls with you. Yeah, I really can't wait to just stroke some. I have two really good wood, wooden rackets. We really? could we could play with wooden. Do rackets. you know uh, one of my interviews? One of my first interviews. We're going to re-release that one. I was Jimmy Connors. Jimmy Connors was my favorite tennis player growing up. Oh, I told you too. about that. And I, and I haven't too. heard. 
I haven't heard. He, he did have really good legs. Great legs. I, told I have. Him that. I have a photo of me at age 16 with uh with those little tiny tennis shorts and i played doubles with billy jean king and uh i can't remember who else was in the photo it was like a charity thing but right. i was one of the local youth players and from the waist up i am a gangly 16 year old freckled kid and from the waist down i have the legs the tanned legs of a 35 year old professional tennis player just bulky it looks muscular muscular it looks photoshopped I, I want to see this. Yeah, photo. Yeah, I got. I got to find. Maybe, I track it maybe when we put this down. interview out, you could post that. Yeah, yeah. I'll, Wouldn't I'll, that be great? I'll have my mom find it. I want to see those legs. Yeah, they were really nice. They are now. They're uh, they're still the they're the things I have left from from my tennis career. Do you have large Don't, balls? I saw you look, Rob. I was enjoying them. He's yeah, got nice thanks. legs. Do you have large balls? What's that? Average. I'm asking that because as a tennis player, the shorts are so short that I feel like if you have big balls, you could have problems. Probably. Right. It'd be uncomfortable to have big balls. Probably. You're not going to answer. You, 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 you. I told you. I don't know. I have average-sized average, yeah. testicles. Rob? He wants to see them. No, your balls. I bet Sully here has got bigger balls than you. He's a taller man than me. So. It doesn't matter. Shaq I doesn't necessarily I, have I to have giant balls. come into it. No, it should because it's, it'd be a shame if you were 6'5 and you had like little blueberry Ostrich. balls. I guess, I guess if I was like a large egg, not an extra large, <laughs> but like a large... Hey, all right, so you know what you were talking about? Go to the grocery store to get two large <laughs> eggs. That's, that's, a, that's a, eggs. That's my guess. I would say mine are. Those are big. Eggs are big balls. I don't mean. I don't mean large, like uh, ostrich eggs. Uh, yeah, I mean. I no, mean like, like a brown like egg. They're, they're labeled like. Yeah, like large, free range, yeah, free range Sullivan brown eggs. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, not like something like a, like a free range grass fed cage Vital free. Well, it's wow. a little spits on the. Do you have one side. that's bigger than the other? Uh, I think I think I'm pretty even. I think I have one that's a little. I think I had a hernia as a child that's never been fixed. But like mm -hmm. when I breathe, I could sort of make my balls breathe. Well, that's it's, normal. That's is normal. it? Yeah. So when I go, they kind of go up yeah. and down. That's yeah. normal because I had a girlfriend. She's like, oh my god, I, that's not normal. Your balls breathe. No, that's normal. Yeah. Thank God. I've been four, I'm 46. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. I thought I was dying. I mean, they don't have nostrils that take no, air. No, but they breathe when I breathe. They oh, go up okay. and down, up and down. But up. I think you're all right. So you're, 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 you quit tennis. You want to be an actor. But where did the uh, booze start? Hanging out with those theater folk? I mean, it just started in college. Just started in college. And, and yeah, the theater world, the theater world's pretty conducive to, uh, to a cocktail. And eventually, you know, over over the years, it it uh, it becomes more ingrained in your in your in your life and in your in your patterns. And in, in eventually, I just realized it was not contributing to uh, to the best version of myself. What were the uh, symptoms? What were the uh, the thoughts that hey, I you know, this, usually it, there's they always say when something when you hit rock bottom, mm -hmm. like for instance, I lost a girlfriend mm -hmm. not to death, but she. Uh, we stopped dating because I broke up with her. This is years ago. And then I made the wrong decision and I didn't get her back because she wouldn't take me back. And I, I felt like, you know what? I did that. I've got to change my ways because I caused it. Why did I break up with her? I'll never do that again. It was for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. There was something that made me change my philosophy. Well, rock bottom is just where you decide to turn around and go back the other direction. So what was your rock bottom? I mean, two years ago, as we were moving into This Is Us, I had just realized that it had become a totally unconscious part of my life. And it was all, it was, it was happening a lot all the time. And in unconscious and it, part of your life. Yeah. Like, oh, this is, 
This is just the norm. Oh, and, and dinner and after shows and with people. And the, the best time for me to make a change in my life is when, especially when there's a physical change, like a, like a location change. So moving to a new city is the perfect time to change it up change it up and and basically it started as a little bit of a challenge and then i was like you know what i've never slept better i have never felt better i didn't realize how constantly kind of hung over i always was whether it was just the from inflammation in my body or a dull headache or or kind of groggy and and here we are feeling good lost 20 25 pounds so that's that's ultimately because usually somebody will say oh i got a dui or oh i did this or oh i did something i really that's that's the interesting part about quote-unquote rock bottom is is i heard someone say you know is is it's just when you decide to to turn around and go back the other direction did you not like yourself or it wasn't that i i think i probably didn't like myself i think i i think i probably still struggle with liking myself um i found myself making jokes that would get me in trouble you know you get a little loose you start making making a joke making somebody uncomfortable i started having to apologize to people i'm like hey sorry about that that joke i, I so was trying I, to make funny and i always take it one step not always but i used to take it you know one step too far and 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 i was got sick of just like not being present you know i i would be around all of these amazing people and 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 I take the alcohol out of my life and I realized that, that I ended up in a lot of places I didn't really want to be. I was like, I was only there because the alcohol removed the inhibition and the anxiety. Now I'm like, let's just, let's stay home. Let's go to yeah, bed early. Let's, let's, let's see the sun come up. You know, uh, yeah, I've actually said, man, maybe I should start drinking. I'm really boring. <laughs> you know, uh, it's like, Hey, I'm going to universal horror nights tonight. Why is that people. boring? I don't know. I, it's not boring. That's fun. Why are you worried that you're boring? You know, when your friends call you grandpa or like, oh, it's 1030. We better get Rosenbaum to bed. It's just, you know, it doesn't, it's not like it hurts. It's just kind of like, fuck, man, they're right. But I can't do anything about it because I am kind of tired. They're not right. They're not. Who says they're right? Why? Why? At at some point, something's got to give, right? At some point, we should be evolving. And if you're, and if you're tired, you go to bed. If, if you're, what I realized is I used, I was tired all the time and I would, I would bypass that feeling with, whiskey or Drink. or with stay if you if you stay up long enough you'll catch a second wind and and you're you're ignoring your body's time yeah, clock so what's the what's the what's the benefit of 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 staying up late versus getting up early chris i want to rewind here rewind. i'm gonna rewind about three minutes and 33 seconds okay. i bet it's close to being on the dot rob you said i i don't know if i really like myself now or something along those yeah. lines yeah and that struck me when you say something like that, I can't just let that slide. No, no. That. Because I, I've, I've suffered with that. I think Rob suffers with that. Jennifer Love Hewitt was on the show. She yeah. talks about that. I think everybody I talk to in some way, I mean, the goal is you want to like yourself. You want right. to love yourself. When people say, you can't love another until you love yourself, that Correct. scares me. Correct. So what is it about you? I see a guy who's happily married. I see a guy who has a huge career. I see a guy who's handsome, who's a uh, former great tennis player. Who had wonder has wonderful legs, uh, plump sized balls, egg shaped. But like, what is it about you that you just go? <sighs> Listen, basic core beliefs, right? These basic core beliefs that we all have. However, they get in there. It could be the smallest thing. It could be the largest thing. We all have something. We all have this inner critic that says you're not good enough. That says you're you're not lovable. You're incapable of loving others. You're worthless. Like. 
even even if it's on a very small level, and I'm not saying I don't like myself, I do, especially today. I do a lot of work on myself. Tell me. Um, but those feelings still come up. My wife and I were reading this article. Um, so the the it was about it was about the the seven deadly sins, mm-hmm. and it was about Can how we name them all real quick. Uh, sloth, sloth, envy, pride, uh, greed, greed, lust, uh, gluttony, 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 and wrath. Wrath, come wrath. Don't look in the box. <laughs> Don't open the box. Oh, God, Come on, do it. In the box? Come on, do it. Become wrath. Do it. What's no, in the God box? Damn it. Open the box. Don't open the box. John Doe's got the upper hand. John Doe's got the upper hand. Open the box. Become wrath. Do it. Sorry. <laughs> wow. I don't even know. You, you switched through a bunch of those characters. I was a little nice. spacey and no, a little bit. You yeah. were doing the pit and I was doing yeah. the Freeman. Yeah, right, you got yeah. a little Freeman in there. Okay, sorry. Um originally there was a there was an eighth one that got rolled up into into uh into um sloth called acedia and acedia is this feeling that the desert monks who had come up with this idea originally believed was the worst of all of them and it was the noonday demon and it was this demon that gets inside you that says you're not good enough that says the world is a terrible place it's essentially this this kind of rust on the bottom of a car that that if you don't take care of it it slowly spreads and it takes 15, 20, 30 years for the bottom to fall out of this car. It is frequently uh, um, mislabeled as depression, but it's this feeling of, of, of worthlessness and that the world is a terrible place that eats away at me or at, 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 a, lot, at a lot of people. But it's, I believe that all of these years when I thought, oh, maybe I'm depressed, Maybe I need this. Maybe I need this. Is 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 this idea of it's just negative self talk? It's negative self thinking. It's low self esteem. It's um, it's a it's a lot of things rolled up into one. But it seems to be like it was too complicated an idea that it was like ah laziness. We'll just call it laziness. We'll call it sloth. Um, mm. And that type of thinking is something that you have to actively fight against because we all have it inside us that you look around at, at, at everything that's happening in the world. If, if you look around long enough and you're not depressed by what you see, I don't know anyone who, especially now is, is, is able to kind of process everything that's happening in the world without ending up a little down. Acedia. Acedia. Tell me about how you, uh, how you deal with it? How every day? It sounds to me like it's part of like cognitive behavioral theory uh, therapy. Yeah, you know, well, thinking of thinking positively, changing the way you think. Correct. Yeah, therapy. Uh, it's it's um, living in conscious gratitude, writing it down, sharing it with others. Well, sharing will you write this wife. down seriously? Um, I'm not going to listen to this because I, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, well, I'm doing it right now. Well, write that down because I want to do that. I, I, I think um, writing down. Writing down positive things like, I am grateful I have a new puppy, Blanche. You know what we could do every day? And I do it with a couple of my friends. We have a couple. My wife and I have different text threads going. We, today I am grateful for dot, 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 three things. You and I could do that. And we could do it every day. And it doesn't have to be a big conversation. Gosh. It could be three things that we just send to each other. And when, when it's written down and when it's shared with someone else, it becomes this tangible thing in our, in our lives that we can use throughout the day to remember to, to kind of get outside of ourselves. Do you know why I think I have a CDO? Hmm. Because I just got what you're telling us. I got a little emotional. 
I didn't, you know, but I felt something like this is a really nice thing to do. Mm-hmm. This is a good thing to do. This is a positive thing to do. This could change. I don't know what it was, but when you were saying that, mm-hmm. just saying, you know, waking up instead of going, all right, how do I tackle the world? Mm-hmm. How do I do this? How do I, you know, conquer? How do I make money? How do I? It's like waking up and just going, hey, God bless, man. Mm-hmm. Hey, Chris, I just want to say I think your legs are awesome. Um, hey, I would I, like that. that I would, really, that would I really appreciated you coming over yesterday. I just, I'm grateful to have you in my home. Such a positive uh, energy in my house. That, right. That'd be like a nice thing to say, Rob. Uh, thanks for taking a shit in my house. I'm glad you were relieved, um, yeah. even though I wasn't. He doesn't but, want to carry that around with him. Right, right, right. right. These, these are these are like I think this is a healthy thing. So that's one of the things you do. Yeah, prayer, meditation, uh, connection with with a higher power, connection with uh, other people. Uh, one of the other things my wife and I were talking about this this article kind of put it perfectly that we were reading is that that happiness is not the goal, usefulness is the goal. Useful, useful, usefulness. If I misinterpret, if I didn't ask you, I go, God, youthfulness. I got to get some Botox. How am I going to get younger? I'm going to get younger. usefulness. Is uh, how many people have we heard in interviews or, or when you talk to them what, what do you what do you what do you want in life what happiness you, what, i just want to be happy the happiness is not a goal an emotion is not a goal you cannot set a, a, an emotional state as a goal because emotional states are not constant they are constantly coming and going so you are smarter than me you are i i don't know this stuff you're smarter than i don't me. know I, I don't know this either this is just what i believe to be true for myself right. this is not this usefulness is not usefulness so how do i achieve if, if happiness is the is is what i want if, if happiness is something that that i would like want to feel more of in my life if right. something i would like to feel more of how do i achieve that which is the question nobody asks okay well how do you do that being of service to to the people that I love, being of, of service to the people around me, being useful, being kind, Ooh. being generous, being empathetic, being compassionate, trying to do uh, uh, you know one one good deed every day. Like these are things that at the end of the day I can look back and 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 hope that I have have left a wake of of kindness in my life instead of destruction or pain or or uh, misery. Thanks th- for having me. This has been great. I'm sorry for the monologue. Rob, how do you feel about this? I I like it. Are you going to, do you think you do enough of what he's talking about? Or do you feel like, you know what? Wow, this is profound, man. I, I actually want to just be better at this. Um, I, I don't do enough of that, but I see where value would come from it. I bet you do. I bet it's not, it's not grand gestures. It's not, it's not I, I mean, running more, a charity. It's more like more being conscious about, about what you're grateful for. Yeah. Right. You know what? Why, why don't we start? Why don't we start every morning? I'll just say, Hey, I'm grateful for you, Rob. Well, the, well or, or grateful for something. Yeah. You know, we'll get, we'll get a group text going. I think it's good. I think even, you know, I'll maybe text you. I mean, look, I don't, I just think it's important. That's just one facet of it, but it's like, it's like being appreciative. I'm, what I'm gathering is, but usefulness, like saying, hey, how am I, how can I help someone else today? How can I be a, in a usefulness to them? Right. How could I facilitate their happiness or right. their, you know, and that what will you, make you. What do you need? Happy. What do you need? But altruist, altruistically. Sure. Right? It's sort of doing it not for your own personal gain, but doing it because it, it should make you feel even good. Even if you people. are, even if you are doing it because it makes you feel good. Oh, good. I think that's a good enough reason. <laughs> <laughs> but what if you're doing it because you're like, hey, I'm going to do this nice thing for someone because then I'll feel like I did something nice for someone. That's not the, the attitude you should have. But it's it's still what 
happens. I mean, it even, sounds like artificial. Even, even Kristen talks about that with all like the charitable stuff that she does. It, that's how she gets self esteem is through that. And and mm-hmm. everyone is winning. It, it yeah. doesn't. It doesn't now. Now, if you're doing if you're doing good deeds, expecting something back from that person, Ooh, then maybe yeah. then maybe that's not. Good. It's it's a dangerous path. But, yeah, like I'm helping a homeless, and I'm hoping that God will give me something nice for it. Right, but it's not good. Right. Yeah, and then getting mad when something what does it God, come to I you? Fed the homeless today. Why? Why can't he? Why couldn't you give me this Prius I wanted? Really? I feed the homeless and rob shits in my bathroom? Really? This is what it's going to come to? <laughs> Today I am grateful for these three. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But yeah, it, it seems to be people have placed too much uh, uh, value on being happy or setting setting an emotion as a, as a goal. It, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, because I don't know how many times on my stickies I would put be happy. That's not the way to do it. It's be useful. Yeah. Be useful. Be present. Be appreciative. Be. Right. Be That's my new t-shirt. Want to buy one? I'll take it. I get a free one. I can't. You get a free one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that shirt. I'll advertise it. Rob, write that down. Did you hear what I said? No, I wasn't listening. Be useful. Be grateful. (laughs) Be. Yep. It's really rolling off the (laughs) tongue. Fuck! Rewind! Go back! (laughs) I don't remember. I can't remember. Hey, so... (sighs) Uh, do you have like? Uh, are you hot yet? No. You're still are comfortable. You? No. Are you running hot? I feel great. No, I just wanted to make sure you're it's not. Nice I like I here. like my guests to be. Yeah. You're out of coffee too. You're right. Yeah, I got a water there though. No, I'm great. Can't hint water, pineapple. It's good for your for your what? How is it? <sighs> I'm gonna give you a case. Yeah. You just got a case of hint waters, and now he's gonna smoke smoke a big bomb. <sighs> Hey, uh, you know, when you're on these shows, because you seem like... When a, you say these shows, you're talking about podcasts? No, 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 no. I'm talking oh. about the camping with uh, Jennifer Garner, yeah. and uh, I'm talking about This Is Us with yeah. Milo Ventimiglia, yeah. and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, Mandy Moore, and Justin yep. Hartley, and all yes. these great people, and yeah. you, you work constant Guardians of the Galaxy 2, you've been on time, I mean, you've been on tons of stuff. Do you get nervous still before a scene? I, I, I don't get... <sighs> Do you get worked up? Do you, get, you I don't get nervous. But I do get in my head, and I do believe that I am able to. To ugh, it's hard. I, I have I have conflicting. Uh, um, is it a day to day thing? If you have a big scene, you might get nervous. It is a day to day thing. I have been in a slump recently as far as my confidence in my work. Wow! And it's hard to talk about because it's it's self reflective and it's na- navel gazing. But I, I believe I've had a a um an honest look at myself without being overly emotional or critical i recently had an episode on this is us where i where i had a a big uh emotional arc that toby yeah that ended in in a, a, a emotional breakdown i felt like my work in that episode was completely unpresent and not real I came home at the end of the day and I sat down with my wife and I was like, I didn't do it today. I didn't do it. Didn't happen. I did my best. I, I worked hard, but the thing that I thought would arrive did not arrive. And she walked me through that, that kind of analysis of my work, because I also don't believe that you can be a, a, a creator and a critic. You, you can be one or the other. You don't get to be both. 
as 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 an artist or as a creative person, your job is to create, and whether or not it is any good is none of your business. That is that is my opinion. But at the end of the day, I didn't feel good. I know that. Did you? Is it one something that you could just tell by the director? You could tell by other cast members that like they're looking at me like I'm not getting this. Was I mean, it that or was it just innately? I, I try not to to read too much into other people's because then I'll just go down a, uh, yeah, we've all a, gone a down rabbit there. hole. But I do. I was just going off of my feeling that at the end of the day, I was like, that yeah, wasn't it. That was not it. Now, do I have enough craft and ability to wing it to make it? To, even if it's not happening, to make it look like right. it's happening, I hope so. I've been told that that it came off all right. Oh wait, wait, but, wait, 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 wait. Who came, who who called you and said, "Hey, Chris. Hey, it's uh, Ron, first AD. Uh, I just want you to know that no, no, your scene came off all right. It wasn't as bad as you thought. It was all right. No, I. And again, this is this is the largest group of people that I will be sharing that I've shared with that that I didn't think it went well. I, I only shared that with my wife. It was important for me as that day was going. I didn't let anyone else know that I thought it was going that way. I didn't pout. I didn't sulk. I didn't. Did you think about throw it? Throw a tantrum. Yeah, I got close, and I noticed I could feel myself prickling up at somebody doing something and me wanting to lash out at. at like it's your fault for making that noise. And Christian I would throw. Bale. And I would throw blame. And I would throw. And in my head, I would throw blame, and I would, I would, could feel the. And you stopped the, yourself. You're not doing like, that. No, nope, this is you. And that's the difference between two or three years ago and and today. And I was able to walk out, do the work, and go home to the appropriate person, my partner in this and life, and, and be like, it. "Oh, it just didn't happen. Oh, I didn't." Feel and you it. also said two and a half years ago you were insinuating that maybe alcohol would have taken you. Not down alcohol. A not alcohol. Unconsciousness. My inability to to be conscious of the things that I was feeling because it was my anxiety and it was my fear of. Do you get of, anxiety? Of, sure. What kind? What, what do you feel when you get anxiety? Um, I have a tightness in my chest. Um, my tingling arms. Uh, yep. Yeah. I've had uh, recently. I had I had a, a nice panic attack with a migraine variant. Did you know that migraines come in forms that aren't just headaches? I've never had a migraine. I have okay. a horrible neck and back, but no no migraines. I mean, there's something to be grateful for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you think about it. I mean, if the, the neck and back thing should give you the worst he- like that's crippling what, that's, headaches. That's what my doctors all said. And, and, and you what you just said is like, it. oh, you got stabbed in the back. Oh, well, at least they didn't stab you in the heart. Hey. <laughs> But that's grateful. Right. I could have died. And and Go I ahead. had this migraine variant where I was in the car, and all of a sudden my uh, my hand start, I was leaning on the center console, and I and my hand started to go numb. And I was like, oh, I put my hand to sleep. And then I was like, I was shaking my hand out, and it wouldn't go away. And it wouldn't go away. And that goes and in it your started, head now. And, and it started com- coming up my arm. You thought you were having a heart attack. And then what happened was it was the weirdest thing. It was psychedelic. My the the messages from my brain to my hand as to what to do were backed up like a traffic jam. And it was like my hand was three thoughts behind. And it, I lost control of my hand. And I tried to like pick up my phone to to get my wife on the on the line. And I stumbled and like knocked it over and and then I felt it in my foot. And it started coming up my leg. And it was the entire right side of my body went like white noise, like tingly. For no reason, really? Anxiety. Anxiety. I mean, yeah, but it came about like out of nowhere. I was in traffic, which doesn't really bother me that much. You thought you were dying. I thought I was having a heart attack. And I pulled over and ended up in urgent care. And and, and, the urgent care doctor was the best. He had the weirdest bedside manner. He was like, I think you're all right, but... 
do you think we should get you to the hospital? He, his like <laughs> voice went up and he's like, do you think maybe we should, should like he was leaving it up to me. Hey, I think you look great, but we should do a brain scan. Do you think? What? Was it Jim Gaffigan? Yeah. Do you think that maybe we should do a thing? And, uh, and, and so anxiety, anxiety shows up in, in many different ways, but, but frequently I know I'm feeling anxiety when I start feeling anger. When I'm like, when I'm frustrated, when I'm short and it's or not really tired or tired, I'm not actually angry with anybody. I'm feeling nervous. I'm feeling fearful. I'm feeling, uh, and, and my way of, of protecting myself from those feelings is, is to, to lash out or to blame. So what can you do? What helps you? to not have these moments. I mean, can you really, can you control them? Cause I look, I, I take something a little bit for anxiety. Yeah. When I go to bed at night, something a really low dose, but like, uh, you know, it started because I was on a show, the show in pastor where I was in every scene and I was exhausted and running around and tired and not eating right, not sleeping enough. And one day I barely got through this big scene outside and I yeah. looked at my assistant Troy and I said, Hey man, call Dr. Lim. Have him come over to the trailer. I think something's wrong with me. And he did all these tests and he goes, uh, Michael, um, have you ever had anxiety? And it's almost like the worst thing he could have said. Yeah. Because then from there on out for the last, thank God it was the end of the season. It was only two episodes left, but I had a couple of anxiety attacks on the set that no one knew about. Like, like you with your other issues, I, I held it together and I, in the middle of the scene, we're about to go and I'm having an anxiety attack. It's so debilitating that I don't think I could perform the scene. Right. I literally am numb and trembling all over and my body's like exhausted. Right. I'm feeling it now. Like, and, and the anxiety attacks in, in my experience come about by trying to ignore or stifle the things that I'm feeling. So if I have these feelings that come up and I, and I can feel them start to bubble, if I try to ignore them, if I try to pretend, if, I, if I'm not conscious of them and, I, and start like being overly funny, trying to, with the jokes, right? right? You, lead with, you lead with comedy. Comedy right. is one of your armors, yep. one, yep. Of your, one of your shields that you can Covers hold me, up helps me. To, be, to be like, keep, keep situations or people at arm's length. Yep. I do the same thing. Um, if I ignore that feeling long enough, like a traffic jam, eventually... That feeling is is gonna is gonna step to the front and be like no no no, you're gonna pay attention and here's how strong I have to be for you to re realize that anxiety is what you're feeling and that is an anxiety attack for me. Have you ever had like I'm not trying to be funny here, so don't think because I'm going to bowel movements when I talk about them. But do you ever have it like where you're so like all of a sudden you're you have so much anxiety that it, it makes you like really fucking exhausted and you have to go to the bathroom a lot. That's not my experience <laughs> no. of it. Rob, have you ever had an anxiety attack like that? No. That's number one? Makes well, you, it makes you have to pee? No, no, poop. Oh. Sometimes I have to poop a couple times and I get really like, it doesn't happen a lot. Like I've been, I've been controlling it. Like every once in a while I at a convention if I'm signing, yeah. I'm excited to be there. You get a nervous stomach. All of a sudden I get anxiety. Like sure. all these people, all these things, are sure. there going to be anybody there to see me? Am I, am I going to, what's well, going it's, it's, it's to? It's your body's, it's your body's way of removing you from a situation. You have to go to the bathroom and sit down. Wow, I didn't think of that. It's a it's a survive. Your get me out of here. Your body's like, we need to get out of here for a second. Take a deep breath. And the, and I hear that the best thing you could do in general is don't run from the situation. Right. Stay where you are. Let it pass. Fight it. Do not run because then your body's going to know if you run, 
Exactly. You're going to keep doing that. The adrenaline jacks up. But what I've, what I've realized, you know, now if, if, if I am conscious of these feelings and, and am willing to talk about them, that it not only, it not only lessens the feeling, but it actually provides the intimacy and connection with the people I'm around that everyone appreciates. And it's actually leading to stronger relationships. Like if I can say to my wife, instead of complaining about going somewhere or, or getting mad about something stupid, if I could say, you know what, actually, I'm feeling, I'm feeling a lot of anxiety right now. My chest is tight. My stomach is hurting. I'm, 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 I'm afraid that if we, I'm feeling fear that if I go to this place, to this party with you, that I'm not going to know anyone. Everyone's going to be drunk except for me. And Mm. I don't, I don't enjoy that. And, and, having that conversation and, 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 and getting all of those things out by the time I'm done with the sentence, the feeling is lessened. Right. I can go to the event with my wife. She knows what I'm feeling, so she can stay present with me, stay connected. Interesting. Not leave me alone. What maybe, about, or... yeah, what about you sort of just saying it? Like if you're on set and you have anxiety, hey, guys, yeah. I'm having a little anxiety attack right now, but I'm going to deal with it. Yeah. So if I freak out a little bit, yeah. that's what's happened. I get a little anxiety. Yeah, I'm having it. Hey, guys, I'm having an anxiety attack, and uh, and I, or just even just going to the second AD and just being like, and I and I and I don't know what to do. But if I could have ten minutes in my trailer, uh, that'd be great. And oftentimes, when you hear about this, t- this actors and their terrible behavior, oh, that they stayed, they wouldn't come out of their trailer for two hours. I anxiety. I I guarantee you that person is not in their trailer going perfectly calm and conscious right. and saying, I'm going to make all these people wait because I'm important and they're not. Do you know? Yeah. They're freaking out. Do you know what happened to me just now when you said that? Now I go to the fucking trailer and I'm thinking, he's telling everybody and everybody's talking about me and I have anxiety and what the fuck's wrong with me and now they're all looking at me when I come in. I just better just tell everybody. Then like tell that's it. why I think I tell everybody, hey, I got to go take a shit. And they're like, all right, thanks for the information because I don't want you to think I'm taking a shit or that I shit when I get back. There's something crazy about that, but I fucking do it, Chris. Yeah, you, 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 you engage in therapy, correct? Well, I, uh, you, yeah. you have a therapist. Yeah. How much fecal talk is there in therapy? No, have we I'm, figured I, out what it's about. I've asked him. I say sometimes I feel like you know, uh, you know, my uncle was. I've listened to the podcast and we're friends. Do I talk a lot of shit? Yeah, I talk about a shit a lot. Yeah, about shit a lot. Yeah, I do. You and Steve Agee. I don't really think I talk about shit a lot. I'll ask the guys out there, whoever's listening, do I talk about shit too much? Hashtag uh, too much shit talk. How much too much shit? And farts count as shit talk. Eh, yeah. Farts are an aftermath or a before math. That video you sent me was, was wonderful. Oh, yeah. I sent you a video. You was said that you... just for me? That wasn't just for me. Oh, uh, no. It was it? probably three other people. Yeah. Three other people. My friend Chris enjoys, uh, Chris McDonald loves when I send him fart videos in the elevator or at a hotel. Yeah. Or <laughs> we do, we don't do poop stuff, but we do like, you know, I'll show him my feet at a hotel like in Paris. Yeah. And it's just my feet. So he knows I'm taking a crap. Yeah. So we do that. <laughs> so you can do that. That'd be a grateful thing. Like I'm grateful to. You know, so I wonder, I wonder what that, what, what's behind all of, all of the obsession. Well, with I'll the tell shit. you, I think my uncle once told me he's a psychologist and he was, um, he had a patient who had had the fear of shitting his pants in public mm-hmm. that which shouldn't be a fear of mine because i have done it and i you know but uh i don't know he just always feared like he, he wouldn't go out because he was gonna I, I don't know what it is i don't have a fear of that but i have like uh i don't like shitting in public places i don't like sh- i can't shit in a plane if it's a 14-hour flight and i have to shit i'm in trouble i don't know what i'm gonna do 
I just feel like that if there's one, if there's more than one stall, I'm okay. But if there's one stall and there's, I feel there's people out there, I'm disappointing them. They're going to knock on the door. They're going to be there. I got to fuck. I got to hurry. They're waiting. Then they're going to know I shit. Do you guys ever think of stuff like that? No. No. See, did anyone ever make you feel guilty about shitting when you were younger? Like your mom? No, my brother shit his pants once in a, we were raising money for the hockey league yeah and I, I made fun of him shitting his pants and my oh. dad threatened my life he said don't you ever bring this up again it embarrassed your brother i'm like well, oh well that's shit interesting wiped it on the walls that's interesting is so it? your relationship to it is actually due to the thing that you fear the most is what you did to your brother Ooh, i didn't think about that yeah, and you, you are the one that makes announcements at parties. Yeah, you like I it, just announced that you took a shit, and the first thing I said is like, to my I, just, wife, I called the, you out. The, my wife, the first time I brought her over here yeah. at a party, said, were you in there shitting in front of like 20 people? Was she upset? No, she wasn't upset. She said, I think her response was, I would have shit in your bed if... <laughs> well, you know what? Maybe there's something there. This is why I have the I do this podcast so I learn something. Because the things that, were, the things that I find myself the most afraid of are the things that I am guilty of. So if if I'm worried, that's why that's why things like gossip and and things like shit talking and things like uh, uh, like that, especially in like a work environment, are again like rust on the bottom of a. Yeah, car. I don't. I, I really don't do that. I try not to talk shit about people. I really really try that. If you and I have a conversation about a third person, and there's some part in the back of my mind that says, wow, if Michael's willing to talk to me about a third person, is he willing to talk to another person about me? Even if it's not conscious, like on that level, yeah, it's we, smart. we have now, smart. we have now eroded our relationship. Yeah. Um, the trust, there's a trust. There's, there's like a, a trust. Of, you know, I'll tell you something. This is the, I have a lot of flaws and I've talked about this every episode, but the one flaw I don't have, I, if a stranger came up to me with a secret, I wouldn't tell anybody. I'm, I'm like that. If somebody tells me something, I don't feel the urge to go tell everybody. I feel like if I tell Rob something, I hope he keeps it between us. Mm -hmm. If I told you something... You're also terrified. Every time you tell me the littlest thing, you say this is between well, us. Well, because I'm very private. I don't want people knowing my business. And I... I you know, but that, yeah. Oh, fuck. Your success... You really blew up like in the last couple of years, right? I mean, your career... After, yeah, after the Nick. The Nick was the big show. And that was Soderbergh, right? Yeah. The Nick was the thing that, including This Is Us every job I've gotten since then is directly because of the Nick. That's it. Yeah. But when you first got This Is Us, mm -hmm. you weren't signed on as a regular character, were you? No. Can you talk about that? Well, I, I, yeah, I think I can. You know, when I, contracts in this in, industry are, are, are complicated, but when, when, this is, when I got the pilot for This Is Us, the Nick was still, I was still contracted to that show uh, and that show hadn't been canceled yet. So in order to get me into the pilot, they had to sign me up as, as a, as a guest recurring. star or a recurring right, character. Right. The pilot was shot. I went from the pilot to shooting guardians. Um, and by the time guardians was done, this is us got picked up. I guess before the pilot first episode of This Is Us Kid come out, they released a trailer on Facebook. They got 90 million views and, and NBC realized that they were going to have something. At mm -hmm. that point, uh, uh, I was released from the Nick. There was not going to be any more of that. And they came back and, and asked if instead of my one-year contract, if I would sign for six. I think there's a th word called leverage. Yes. So you had a little leverage. A little bit. A little bit. Right. 
So but that's I was good. still very young in, in the, I uh, still am very. How new. much fun is it, and how inspiring is it to be on a on a show? Because I've only been on one really big show, successful show. I've been done a lot of shows that aren't successful or only lasted a year or two years. Yeah. I know what the impact that it had on me, and still does to this day. I mean, you were on two shows that had a big impact, but This Is Us had a global, yeah, global reaction, right? Yeah, This Is Us. The thing that I've realized about my my experience in television is that it, it's completely unique to the television landscape. Doing the Nick with Soderbergh, there's nothing that happens on that show that I can apply experience wise to anything else I've ever done. It's completely unique. Soderbergh works, works in a way that is completely unique to him. The show, the format of the show, 10 episodes on Cinemax. It was, it was a formative and educational experience. The things that I learned there, certain tools I, I gathered, but I couldn't expect any other show to operate like that. Coming onto this is us is the same thing. The 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 level with which everyone on this show loves each other is statistically impossible. There's no one, no one you go, ugh. No, there's not one person. And you know what? I agree. I, I believe you because and, I know a lot of these people, yeah. except for Mandy and. Yeah. Uh, but everyone, I they're all really good people. Yeah, and and everyone shows up and is supportive and prepared and compassionate and efficient and creative and it all comes from the top down dan fogelman your favorite musician um uh, the leader of the band is tired his eyes are growing old is uh is an amazing leader and a and a, and a guy who keeps um who keeps the kind of the ship pointed in the right direction where do you want this uh, this show to head? I mean, for, especially for your character, for Toby, like for the fans out there. Where where would you like to see him go? Are there, are there some things like you read a script and you go, hey, this is cool. This is nice. And I'm sure there's some episodes you're like, oh, I don't do much here. Yeah. Or, you know, is there something that you want to do that you're like, I want to go to the creators and talk to them. I hope that they could arc it out this way, you know. They've they've opened that up to us, which is which is also rare for the writer's room to be open to the cast as much as ours is. I try to stay out of that. Um I, I feel like that is uh, that muddies the waters a little bit uh, for me. Um, if I if I was one two three four on the call sheet, maybe I, I would I would involve myself a little more. But number seven on the call sheet doesn't need to be. Uh, I want to be number seven on the call sheet. Number seven on the call it's sheet. Great. You work two days a week, maybe. Yeah. And then you just have a life. Yep. Have and a you're life. Still on a hit show. Yep. What get, a treat. Get some really good scenes. Yep. Um, yep chance to to show up and be part of an amazing ensemble, but you're still but doing camping on the off season that's right and you do 10 episodes of that we did eight episodes half hour each and that was limited series so that's done and where is that that's a limited series it's yeah, done yeah. What, 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 that's where on, H- find on, that? A, on hbo i'm yeah. gonna watch that have you seen yeah. it yet yeah i've seen the first oh yeah couple. you told me you said he's really good on that mm-hmm. yeah and genix bravo and brad yeah. are great on that yeah, yeah check that on an hbo camping uh this is us obviously it's everywhere um i've never even auditioned for this is us i, I could easily play your brother yeah, actually, Toby has a younger brother. We could play tennis. Do you think you could play 10 years younger than me? Mm, with makeup. I, yeah. I have hair. See that? Yeah. You do have hair. Yeah. And, well, I, you... and I don't, so that, that helps. Yeah. Anyway, that, that's not important. Well, you know what? This has been a real treat. Look, I, I got to have you back because we didn't even scratch the surface. I want to talk about your music. Yeah. What's the band? Uh, the, the first album was under Sully and the Benevolent Folk. Right. The Benevolent um, Folk. Right now, I'm working on a second record with uh, a gentleman named Taylor Goldsmith, who's the lead singer and uh, songwriter for a band called Dawes. 
Ooh, um, I know Dawes. Yeah. Dawes is great. Uh, I met Taylor. Uh, he will be uh, getting married very shortly to Mandy Moore. And oh, he and I hit man. it off big time and started writing some songs together. And uh, yeah, I should have a second album in, in a couple of months here. Dude, I want to get him on the show. Maybe you both can come on the show. Oh, yeah. He would, he would, he would be a great guest. Yeah, but maybe you guys could play a song. We definitely could. Are you a singer? I am. Uh, what, what, what songs do you think of when you want to sing? Like from the 70s or 80s? Oh, from the or 90s. 70s or 80s. How about if I sang something, could you sing the second part of it? Sure. And even though we ain't got money, I'm so in love with you, honey, and everything will bring a change. Love. Oh, and in the morning when I rise, bring a tear. Do you have the rights for this? It doesn't matter. We're singing it. Yeah, we, we do. Oh. <laughs> we do have the rights. It's uh, You know who sings that? Uh, that is, uh, uh, give me a second. Uh, uh, Loggins. Loggins, Kenny Loggins. Loggins. Nice. You do have a Loggins beautiful voice. Messina. Uh, Grove Street Ghoul at Grove JC Gal. I'd love to hear a little about working with Soderbergh. You already said about working with Soderbergh. We don't have to do, you love him. He's a genius, right? He is. He is. He is. He is. The, do you have a temper? No, he's the, he's the calmest, most collected, uh, organized creator I've, I've ever worked with. Uh, he is the best performance on the Nick. All right. That's really complimentary. Like, is that the right there's word? a lot of great acting going on in that show, but the best performance in that show is Steven Soderbergh with the camera. That's the character. It, that's, the, that's, he is he he is the character of that show. At Haven Huff, can you ask Chris how many times a day gets called Taserface? Uh, three. What was it like at Vivian Bloom filming Peter Pan live? Christopher Walken stories. That's right. You worked with him. I did work. He's great. He's, He's, he doesn't talk much. We'll see. He doesn't. He doesn't talk much. But you know what I got that you didn't get is I got old walking. When you worked with him, he got a younger walking. So it's easier to impersonate him because he's clipping along. This the, the the best story I have of of walking. He he told us this story about uh, <laughs> going to an Italian restaurant. But his pauses. It took an hour. It took an hour <laughs> for him to tell this story. He goes, he says, he said, he said, uh, so the reason I perked up, he goes, my friend Fabio told me about this <laughs> restaurant. And it was like, Fab, Fabio, the, yeah. the, he's got a <laughs> restaurant called Father's Ass. <laughs> and he goes, Fabio says says this restaurant has Italian food just like my mama used to make. You got to go to this restaurant. You got to go to this restaurant. And so I'm condensing this to uh, one minute. And so Walken <laughs> Walken eventually goes to the restaurant and says, "Fabio sent me here." Says, "You make food just like his his mama." And the woman says, "All Fabio ever orders is salad." <laughs> That's the punchline to an hour-long story from Christopher oh, Walken. This is a salad. Really? She, so this that's restaurant makes part. salad. And you, of course, laugh. Going, ah! Yeah. That's the But it is part. also a ridiculous story that Fabio only orders salad, and that's the food that reminds him of his mom. Do you think mom. it's a real story? I, that's a good question. I bet he is, makes this shit up now. Is Christopher Walken a, a walking performance art piece? I think he's, yeah, he's a parody. I don't know, something that... Yeah, I, I think. Listen, man, this is. I want to get you out of here. I know you get an appointment. No, but, I, I uh, you're going to come back. This has been, you know, 
I knew it was going to be good, but like most of our talk was about real shit, and yeah. I and I like that. That's what I like about you. You're open. You're vulnerable. You're real. I think you helped me. I think you helped a lot of other people. I think you helped Rob. We're gonna get our gratitude text chain going. I'd love that. I genuinely, uh, I genuinely like you. I think you're a great dude. I, I want to work same. with you, but more importantly, I want to be friends with you. I want to know you. I feel the same. You know, you make you make me a better person for sure. You're one of the few people that make me. There's a, there's people <laughs> along the way. I'm not saying. I think there's a lot of people that make me a better person. Like there's been people on the show that I'm like, you know what? Zach Levi makes me a better person. I, I mean, like Jennifer that. Love that Hewitt makes good, me a better person. You make me a better person. Dax makes me a good person. Kristen Bell, uh, Rob here. Not not as much. He makes you a no, better person, but well, he brings out the worst in you. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe so. Well, Chris Sullivan, thank you for allowing me to be inside of you. What's your uh, handle at uh, Sullivan? At Sullivan Grams, at Sullivan Tweets. Sullivan Grams, Sullivan Tweets. Check him out, man. This is us. He's brilliant. Camping on HBO, Taserface, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I mean, you're you're always working. He's going to work with this, the lead singer to Dawes. I love it. Thank you so much for being here, man. My this pleasure. Is, is awesome. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.